Going into a porn shop isn't awkward, it's empowering. At Adult Temptations, everyone is entitled to a happy, healthy sex life. Visit the store at 211 Black Street in Whitehorse for a selection of adult toys, lubes, lingerie, novelties, and films. You can check out products online at adulttemptations.ca. Adult Temptations, in pursuit of a healthy, intimate lifestyle. We tend in our society to frame pleasure in the context of orgasm so that orgasm is the pleasure as opposed to all the other things that you might be doing in the bedroom that are not, you know, orgasmic focused. So we have a frame that the pleasure is the orgasm as opposed to pleasure for pleasure's sake. This is Frisky North of 60. I'm Karen McCall. And I'm Mark Kelly. Today we're talking to Patricia Bacon about the orgasm or or the lack thereof or, or whatever. We'll find out. Um, so <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the bounty of orgasm. Let's call right. it. Bounty of orgasm. A cornucopia of orgasms. <laughs> Rather than introducing uh, Patricia, we'll let, we'll let you do that yourself, Patricia. Tell us uh, about yourself. We know you spent a lot of time in the Yukon. Hi, Mark. Hi, Karen. Thanks for inviting me to your show. And uh, I hope I have something to offer all your uh, North of 60 Friskies out there listening. So yeah, Patricia Bacon, I have a PhD in human sexuality. And I was um, living in the North in the Whitehorse Yukon for 29 years. I don't live there anymore, but I did for 29 years. And for 20 of those 29 years, I um, had a sex therapy practice as well as I taught uh, sexuality, human sexuality, and gender studies at UConn College. I worked with uh, parents uh, and um, early childhood educators around child sexual development and normative sexual development in children, as well as uh, for a short time, I had a column at, in the UConn News, uh, an intimacy column as well. And so, yeah, I did uh, did some writing, did some talking, did some working in uh, the field of sexuality for a long time in the North. Well, we're so happy to have you on Frisky today. Thanks. Uh, it's it's very cool to be on a Northern Sexuality podcast. Um, 15, 20 years ago when I was up there, I was like, God, it'd be so great to have like a radio show. But uh, that was before podcasts were, you know, the rage. But You get to like channel your inner Sue Johansson. Yeah, here I am. <laughs> Well, we'll talk to you later about this, Patricia, but maybe maybe you want to come on a bit, come on the show more often. No, <laughs> that was air quotes for those who. Sorry. I love coming on shows all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, um, we've heard you're, you've spent a lot of time in the world of sex education, and you say we've lost our way when it comes to coming. Oh, my well, let's God. Let's talk about that. <laughs> did, did we ever? Yeah, I, yeah, we really did. And so I thought maybe what we could do is have a little fun this morning and start with a little quiz for Mark and for Karen and the Frisky out there. You can play this game at home. So Mark, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, what you're going to do is you're not going to say your answer out loud. You're going to pause and think about it while I ask Karen her question. Karen gets different questions than Mark that you get. And for listeners out there, this is going to be largely in a heteronormative context but it does apply to queer relationships as well. So um, my apologies in advance if it sounds a little heteronormative dominant. It's just easier for, for us to move through the, the material, but it, it applies to everyone. Okay, so Mark, here's your question, and you're going to be absolutely candid 
and honest with yourself as you think about this question and what you would give yourself. So thinking on a scale of one to five, five being absolutely important and one being not important at all, how important is it to you that your partner has an orgasm when you hook up? So that's what you're going to think about. Okay. Do we need like the Jeopardy soundtrack? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another way you can think about this that might get more to the, the gut of things is when you hook up with your partner, how does it land for you if your partner doesn't have an orgasm on a scale of one to five? All right. So you're going to think a little bit about that. Now, Karen, here's two questions for you. Now, we won't unpack both of them, but you get to pick your path after we talk to Mark. So your two questions that you can think about on a scale of one to five. How important is it to you that you have an orgasm when you're with your partner on a scale of one to five? Or here's your other question. Have you ever faked an orgasm? There she and she's smiling. (laughs) She's like, those are good questions, aren't they? (laughs) Okay, circling back to Mark. So, Mark, when those questions for you, do you feel like you want to lob out there what your uh, how those landed for you and what your answer would be? Say, Say the first one again. How important is it to you that your partner has an orgasm? Uh, let's see. Uh, on five being the very important and one being not important at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not that important that they have an orgasm. It's not that important to you. Not that important. It's important that they've enjoyed themselves, that they uh, are getting what they want. And if they don't, whatever they want, they're getting. So I'm meeting needs. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 meeting expectation. I am <laughs> I, have, I have done my job and okay. it may or may so, not include an orgasm. So when you're with a partner and she does well heteronormatively speaking, if if she does not have an orgasm, you're like, that's fine. I don't know that is. Uh it's fine if it's fine for her. So I will go back to work should I need to. <laughs> And how do you know if it's fine for her or not? I'll ask. Okay. All right. So communication is pretty key, which has been a theme on this podcast since the moment I stepped into the studio on the first season or second season. Sorry. Do you think your experience of it not being important and you being totally okay with it is um, typical for most men? No, I think it's something I came to later in life. So when you were younger? It was like top important. It was like, that's what uh, I would define myself as a good lover if I got somebody off. Yeah, right. Yeah. So later in life, you kind of came around to going, well, maybe that's not the indicator of my skill set. Is <laughs> That's <it>? correct. <laughs> <laughs> there right. were many tools in the toolbox and that doesn't have to be the end result. That doesn't have to be the end result. So, well, so Mark, if I was giving out trophies this morning, you would be getting a trophy right now. Yeah, that's a great answer. (laughs) And the second answer that you, uh, where I said, you know, do you think this is common? You said no. And when you were younger, it was because it was quite a priority is actually really what the more common experience tends to be is that we're seeing is that this is a reality of our sort of modern society is that um, the, bar- the barometer of a man and his 
good skill set is that the woman will have an orgasm and and the her orgasm has become now a primary focus on his sense of masculinity and his sense of identity as a lover as a good lover and this is part of the problem this is why i want to you know what I, why i like to talk about this is because it's very um it's it's very interesting now let's move over to karen karen did you want to pick a path or do you want to talk about both <laughs> i can talk about both because uh i guess the answer to the second question is pretty straightforward yes i have faked an orgasm karen uh, and <laughs> it's, you know like sometimes there can be a lot of there can be gray zone where like maybe the person can't really tell, but they also didn't ask. So, you know, you just sort of leave these things unsaid. Like Mark's a guy who's asking, right? Like at the end, he's like, tell me, you know, did you come? If not, like, did you want me to get back in there kind of thing? But some people aren't asking. So the answer is yes, you faked an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I'd like you to tell maybe if you're comfortable talking a little bit about why. So I, I say that this, this is be also back in my younger years maybe sometimes it's just like that's just easier than explaining why i didn't or or anything like that because an explanation is needed or expected right yeah it's sort of expected or or maybe because i've had enough sex and i'm like okay well it doesn't really matter so you know they can be happy i'm happy and we just need to leave that that can just be unsaid right and um so faking it is a way to sort of say um is to sort of end it yeah. Sure. And like I said, I, I, I wouldn't say that's part of my regular practice these days, but it, it had happened on occasion back in the day. And I think it was more just like the gray area where, you know, it sounded like I was having fun. No, I didn't have an orgasm, but they didn't ask. And so don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Right. <laughs> okay. and, and so in terms of the other question, like how important is it to you that you have an orgasm when you hook up with somebody? What would you say that that is for you? I'd say my answer will be a little bit shaded by the research I have done for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you researched. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because, you know, I'm reading about the orgasm gap and how statistically women have orgasms way less than men. And so I think the feminist in me is like, yes, I should have an orgasm every time because you get to, you know, my partners get to have an orgasm. 99% of the time, you know, that's, I don't understand that's not like necessarily a healthy or the most fun way to be in a relationship. So I try to focus more on the whole experience and, and all the moments. And I also think I, like I have learned on my own that just focusing on the orgasm kind of also takes the fun out of the rest of it. So I, I don't know. So in terms of how important it is, um, it's definitely not a five, it's, it's probably a, a three or four, but it is, it is something that I think I've been also working on de-emphasizing, say. So as long as uh, Karen in her um, in her uh, ma maturing wisdom of herself is hooking up with somebody like, like Mark, but not Mark, in his maturing wisdom of himself, then, you know, you're probably going to hook up and have some great hookups and have a good time. So what I want to talk about is the reality that's going on in most people's bedrooms is not that is not those things and so one of the things that we're seeing is for example for men their identity their sense of identity their sense of masculinity and being a good lover is now been constructed in such a way that it's not about just him getting off it's about him getting his partner off and so this is in some ways 
has is wonderful in the sense that you know a hundred years ago nobody cared about women's sexuality at all and um so you know women women's orgasm wasn't even talked about so you know we've come a long way on terms of understanding that women's orgasm is an important part of you know sexuality and that women are capable of orgasm and not only that we uh came to discover that it, when it comes to orgasm women are actually quite superior biologically on the orgasm front because they're capable of all kinds of different types of orgasm and uh we're kind of left men in the dust in terms of the of the supremacy of women's orgasm so that's all great the problem now though is that when two people go into a bedroom is there's a high, high value attached to the orgasm, particularly hers. It is important, his as well. But what we're really seeing is that this value that we've attached to female orgasm has in many ways caused a lot of problems for both men and women and is taking a lot of the pleasure out of sex. So a hundred years ago, there was no pleasure in sex for women. It wasn't constructed in that way. And now we've gotten to the point where in many ways, there's still no pleasure in sex for women because they're going into the bedroom with an understanding that if they don't come, he feels awful. And he goes into it feeling that his job is to make her come. And so there's all language around that that we could unpack as well. For example, his job is to make her come, like he's in charge of it or something like that. And his sense of sense of sexuality is tied up in that as well. So for many men, if their partner isn't coming, they're feeling pretty low about themselves. They can feel pretty low. So for women, then they're in that situation. And not only do they have to figure out if they can come and make themselves come or get themselves off in this situation, but they're also now managing his ego or his sense of identity as a man that that yes i came see i came you made me come and isn't that great i came and you know and he's like great you came because god you know like my sense of self is wrapped up in that and for her so this is why i asked do you ever fake an orgasm because what's happening too is that we see well women will fake it and why will they fake it because they got to get it over with because otherwise he's going to keep pounding and pounding and pounding at her and for her, it it's like, you know, sometimes like for lots of times, like, you know, like for both men and women, you know, if you're not going to make it right. And we, we tend to know, and it's hard to sort of say like, okay, ta- stop, I've had enough, <laughs> like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get there. And without then having to do a lot of soothing of your partner's ego around how they're feeling that they, that you didn't come. So then we see women are faking orgasms. So we've kind of lost their way. And that dynamic is a very interesting dynamic that we see playing out a lot of times. The other thing, well, when I asked you, Karen, about sort of like how important is it to you that you have an orgasm with your partner is that we often will see that it's less important to the woman than it is to the to the partner. Like, so the partner's more invested that you have an orgasm than the woman herself is invested. So what are your thoughts about that? Well, it's interesting to me that it's like, it's still... Sorry, Mark, but like in this heterosexual norm or in this uh, context, it's still kind of about the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it obviously is. that's not all relationships and that's not all circumstances, but but it, you're right. It does come down to a lot of like ego soothing or like, yeah, making like, I want you to feel like you're a good lover. So let's like, you know, it's like kind of people pleasing. So Mark, how did that land for you? What do, what do you make of that? Is that something that 
when you think about it from a male perspective, does that sort of resonate or is it? Yeah, I think it does. And so uh, that is a, that is a uh, common conversation with my friends and, uh, and, and, and in the conversations I had with men when I was doing counseling work, this was part of the conversation was the feeling a need to please, uh, which is it's sort of a weird dichotomy, right? Like you are in, in the effort to please, you're also controlling. And it's so, it's so unfortunate. It's a real, it's a real double-edged sword. But I do have a question for you, mm-hmm. Patricia, about the faking of orgasms. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, in your experience, have you come across men who admit faking orgasms? Yeah, so that's a really great question too. So yes, sometimes, so men will fake it as well. One of the things that it's a little different with men because what we see for men is they're wired a little differently. So sometimes for men, um, once the train has left the station, it's leave, it's left. So it, it's going to get there. What we see is there is a failure to, a fa- they fail to finish in the sense that they can't maintain or sustain a firm erection for continuous to get there. So sometimes for women, what, so I don't always ask women, what's it like if your partner um, doesn't finish? Because we don't think of it, we don't frame it in that context. It's more framed in the context, oh, he lost his erection, he couldn't keep his erection. But we don't think of it as, oh, he didn't have an orgasm. So we think of women as not having orgasms, but we think of men as not keeping their erection. When they don't keep their erection, they generally don't finish. Right. right. But we don't frame it like we don't talk about it in that same way. But it's, right. it is the same thing that they didn't orgasm. Right. And how important is it to women? And Karen, speaking to you, if you've ever been with a partner where they've lost their orgasm, lost their erection, how does it how does it land? Or in your experience talking with other women, how do you think that's landing for women when they're with a man and he loses his orgasm? What are women typically doing? I think they're I think they're probably saying like, oh, what's wrong with me? Was that not good? Uh, yeah. what, what else can I do? Like, yeah, they yeah. totally internalize it. What's wrong with me? And they see themselves as um, not fuckable or uh, not desirable, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. women will tend to take in internalize that as well. So now in the bedroom, you've got women who are a taking complete responsibility for his erection. And saying, if, if he can't keep an erection, clearly it's me. I'm there's, I'm lacking. I'm not desirable. And on top of that, I have to make sure I come to take care of his sense of identity as a, I'm a good lover. <laughs> so I've got to come. I've got to make sure he, he comes and all that stuff. So it puts, it, it puts a lot of pressure for women in the bedroom to set them up to not feel like they're going to have a good time because we're not really focused on having a good time. So, but to, to circle back Mark to your question, yes, it it has been, it has been known for men as well to fake having an orgasm and for similar reasons. It sounds very similar. Yeah. Like they sound like there's, well, it, it sounds like the root of this is to be talking. <laughs> right. the, root, like, the, the way out is to be talking you mean 
Yeah, or the way in. Like, <laughs> the, but like both things are true, right? If you're not yeah. talking about what it is that's working for each other or not working for each yeah. other, then there's a whole a vacuum needs filling. So there's all sorts of uh, narratives that are being created in our heads around what is necessary, what my role is, who I am as a person, as a lover, as a uh, you know, as a partner. Those those things all get filled in in the in the void of that, no talking. Of, of no talking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and we really have a, a, a very immature construction of male sexuality today. So we still have a tendency to think of men as sort of all about the penis and sort of this virility is identified in their sort of rock hard penis that can go and go and go. And so when men have trouble with erections or when men are having trouble with orgasm, it's very difficult to talk about. And it's very, it's hardly ever talked about because we have an understanding that men can get hard very quickly and can get off very easily. And so we tend to um, not really give much grace to men who are maybe struggling with getting erections or keeping an erection. Um, that's the bigger one is actually maintaining that erection throughout the whole sex act kind of thing. And then also uh, having orgasms. So we're really not talking enough about male sexuality in that context. And we are putting so much of a spotlight now on women's sexuality around orgasm that women are just feeling like they're in a pressure cooker environment. So it's no fun for them either. So it's, it's a really tough dynamic that I, I worry about and I, and I think about uh, a lot because I think we lost our way and I would never want to go back to, you know, a hundred years ago where, <laughs> where we, uh, where we were around sexuality then. But I think us thinking that we're a modern modern society now where we've got it all figured out around sexuality and we have hookups and swipe left and swipe right and it's just so easy now and all that great stuff and i think we have a tendency to think that we're got this great society now where you know sex is so free and liberating in that what's really going on in a lot of bedrooms is not that liberation at all and i think people are feeling really kind of stuck. And I think people are feeling pretty isolated when they're having problems around this. And there's not enough real discourse about what's going on for people around their sexuality. Hey, Mark, what's your longest relationship? Well, that's awfully personal, Karen. I ask because mine is with Uconstruct. I've been working at a co-space for years. I love the work vibe, meeting rooms and professional connections. Yeah, right. That's what brought us together. It's really cool on the make space side too. There are wooden metal shops, electronics lab, a sewing loft, and the podcast studio where we record Frisky. Go to youconstruct.com to learn more. It's one relationship we know you won't regret. I have a question, and that is, in a heterosexual relationship, you know, there's this idea that, like, women can come multiple times, sure. So, but... (laughs) The way you say that, you're already like, man, it's just like... (laughs) The pressure is on. The pressure (laughs) pressure is on. And don't forget to squirt, too, right? But I still feel like there's this pressure. Like, I feel like sex ends when the man orgasms. You know, unless unless they can't. As long as he gets you off first. Like, and he's supposed to try to get you off first, and then it ends when he comes. Yes. Right. But, like, also, if we're de-emphasizing the orgasm, can't it also end when the woman orgasms? And she's like, wow, I'm totally satisfied now. And, again, Mark's nodding his head, like, this is a conversation that, that can happen. But but do we also need to change the narrative of, like, when sex ends? Yes. In this context. Yeah. And when I when I 
educate about this to talk talk with people about this this is one of the things that comes up so i go what if you let go of going into the bedroom organ mind so then what people will say is but how will we know when it ends and how will we know when it's over? And it's like, and, and this is a challenge, right? Because then it's like, well, how do we know when it's over? Because we have certain indicators that tell us when <laughs> That's it's right. over. That's right. And, um, you know, and so it's like, how do you navigate when it's going to be over and, and, and that kind of thing. So that's part of the way we have to reconstruct the narrative. It's like, well, and the only way you're going to know if it's over, if you're not going to use coming as the thing, especially like you said, Karen is coming yeah, because she's probably maybe possibly faking it. So he's, you know, there's that, right? So, but when he comes, everybody knows when he came, unless he's maybe faking it too, right? So there's all this stuff, but the issue then is just like, well, how do we know when, when it's over? And the way you're going to know that it's over is the, is through dialogue. Oh, the talking. The talking. Oh, I, said the, I said the C word on your podcast. I said the C word. Oh my God. Yeah, now to be that, clear, the C word is communication, not commitment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's about good communication and thinking about what it is you're going into the hookup or the sex act for so part of the issue is that we in north american society particularly um we have a premium on orgasm more pleasure so mark at the beginning of the podcast you were talking about pleasure right and we tend in our society to frame pleasure in the context of orgasm so that orgasm is the pleasure as opposed to all the other things that you might be doing in the bedroom that are not you know orgasmic focused so we have a frame that the pleasure is the orgasm as opposed to pleasure for pleasure's sake so one of the things that we talk about is this idea that instead of looking at orgasm as being the end goal is a reframing of what it is that you're going in to have sex for. Like, why are you even there to begin with? And so one of the things I always talk to people about is this idea of thinking of it in three, three things to have. The first one is pleasure, right? So you do want pleasure. Now your pleasure could be pain. It could be BDSM or it could be, you know, a slap and tickle or whatever. It doesn't matter, but it's whatever is pleasure for you and then this middle part is what i want you to think about is all the other reasons and all of the possible reasons why people might couple like why people might get into get between the sheets with somebody else and so like i'll throw out a couple and then karen and mark you throw out a couple so for example curiosity might be a reason um, that's another C word. Uh, here, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> here's a C word you're gonna love, Mark. Closeness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Experimentation. Others that you can think of? Connection. Wait, we didn't did we say that one already? <laughs> Connection, closeness, <laughs> yes. Intimacy. Intimacy. Here's another C word to end or resolve conflict. Mm. 
to have some fun. Yep. Exercise. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my steps in today. Oh, good one. <laughs> Exercise. So uh, it could be to pleasure your partner as, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, it's not, I'm not into it to, to pleasure me. I'm not really in the mood for that, but I'm happy to go in there and pleasure you. That's always a nice one. That middle piece could also be orgasm, mm-hmm. but it could also, it could be any or all of those other things. And then the last part, the third part, so we have pleasure, that middle part, all those things. It doesn't have to be all those things at once, but it could be any one of those things. And then the last piece is satisfaction. So after the, at the end of that, do you feel satisfied? Like, did did you get, did you get what you came there to do? You know, kind of thing. And that's sort of the, the three part formula equation, (laughs) formula. Yeah. Formula that, you know, I suggest we could maybe start to embrace as opposed to I'm going into it for pleasure that is narrowly defined by orgasm. And that's what we're here to do. How do we focus on the pleasure and not the orgasm? Yeah, well, I mean, I think like I think conversations like this are really important and they're really important to have like if you're having if you have like a regular partner or before, like I always suggest that the best time to talk about sex is when you're not about to have sex because it becomes, it could be pretty loaded. So a good time to talk about sex with somebody that you're going to have sex with is during a time when you're not about to have sex. And that's when you can be talking to um, about this kind of stuff. It's, it's, and it's like one of the things I always do is, is, is do a check in with your partner. Hey, how, how wrapped up are you in uh, having an orgasm today or how wrapped up are you in me having an orgasm? And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about how I'm feeling about that and those kinds of things. And so those are really great conversation starters. And then people go, well, how do we know when we're done? And I think just like, like a tap out, you know, like, okay, need a signal. Need a signal. We're done. It's like, well, <laughs> Shoulder we'll, tap. Be, we'll be done when the, when hockey night in Canada starts. Because yeah, you know, our favorite teams play. When the so world at six that. starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to set my timer for 10 minutes and then we're done. Yeah. And then well, done. and sometimes actually in what you're getting at, Karen, is very interesting because that is a great way to challenge couples to um, expand your thinking and your horizons a little bit is to do stuff like that and say, let's go in for 20 minutes and that's it and see what happens in 20 minutes with no orgasm focus at all. It's like, let's just play around for 20 minutes, right? And try three new things and that's it. And have orgasm is just not part of it at all. That is a great game. It's a great way to actually flex your sexual skill muscles. And um, that's another thing that we're not doing enough of is we, because we're so focused on the orgasm, we're just focused on this singular, these singular acts that sort of get us off without sort of thinking about what is flexing of our skill set look like. We've been talking about this in a, in a heterosexual context uh, because of, of Mark and I, but I'm guessing like the groundwork's the same for um, queer, any other kind of relationship. It's communication. It's, you know, it's a bit different maybe with if you're not having penis and vagina sex, but, but the foundation's the same. You need to talk about this stuff. You need to be vulnerable. Yeah. You need to talk about this stuff. You need to be vulnerable. In some, in some queer relationships, in some ways, it's a little bit um, better 
um, or not as problematic because, for example, in gay male sex, there's a lot of negotiation that has to go on. Like a lot of heteros assume that when two men hook up, that anal is going to be involved, not necessarily. So that's stuff that you're talking about kind of thing. Um, uh, with uh, with women as well, like uh, not all women, just because they are lesbian identified, are necessarily going to go down on you. So th th we assume that that stuff is going to happen. So there's talk that goes on there. But at this end of the day, there still tends to be, in, particularly in North America, this primacy of the orgasm more so than primacy of the pleasure. So we do see that as well. Okay, well, thank you, Patricia. If we were just to wrap up what we've talked about in, in, a, in, a, in a paragraph or something, what would you say the take-home messages that people people should know here? Remember the new formula, pleasure, insert, blank, all these other things, then satisfaction, that's the new one. Uh, going into something without being orgasm-focused can really open up your it open up your skill set, open up your curiosity, be curious, be curious about sex. And I'm not saying that orgasm isn't important. It is. It just shouldn't dominate the experience. All right. I, I can't <laughs> wait to have you back. <laughs> I knew this was going to be great. Well, thanks for the conversation today. Thanks for, um, for being willing to take a little quiz at the beginning that opens up the dialogue. Uh, Listen, I have been waxed on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like what else is left, right? There's nothing left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Patricia. It's been really informative and fun. Yeah. And uh, uh, all you frisky uh, Yukoners out there, hello from Patricia again. I, uh, I miss you and... Uh, Hope you're staying warm between the sheets up north. <laughs> Before we let you go. We have an announcement. The winner of this month's or last month's rather Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs contest is Ren Milky Way. Congratulations, Ren. And for this month, the month of March, how you can win the tickets. We really would like a voice memo. We want people to engage with us. Please send us a question. Send us a comment. Send us some uncontrollable laughter like the last listener that did that. Send us a voice memo and that's how you'll be entered to win this month's Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs double admission. If we don't get any submissions, then we're going to roll these tickets over to the next month. So go ahead on your phone, push record, record us a reaction, a question, whatever you want and forward it to us. And send it on to friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everybody. You can't give your dates a rating, but you can rate us. So go ahead. Give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Unless it's below four stars. Then don't bother. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse, Yukon. Sometimes we use the podcast studio at Yukonstruct, and sometimes we take frisky on the road. Our music is by Anthony Vega. Sexy time. Oh, we like fan mail. So send us some. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof6060 at gmail.com. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everybody. <laughs>